0: everybody, this is Crystal. And this is Kat. And welcome back to Alternative Interests. Yay! I think, um, if you guys couldn't tell, I think we named our co-host. Her name is Kat.
1: Yay! I like that name. I think I'm good with it. How does it sound? I like it too. Yeah,
0: I think it's good. You know, we're just gonna kind of jump right on into this one.
1: I was about to call you
0: out, but I won't call you (laughs) out.
1: Just, you know what? Call me out. (laughs) Let them know. No, we have zero. Is it zero transparency or is it no? I don't know. Full (laughs) (laughs) transparency. Zero transparency is the opposite. All the secrets. (laughs) Go ahead. Lay it Um, out there. Well, we
0: don't know what happened, but somehow, like, because... We've been having technical difficulties. (laughs) Recording remotely is difficult. (laughs) Kudos to everyone who's been doing it the entire quarantine. Somehow Kat's audio didn't record, and we didn't want to send you an episode of just me with um, a ghost (laughs) responding. Or
1: we could have said, guess what Kat was going to say there? (laughs) Like all the pauses. (laughs) That would have been an interesting competition. No, rookie mistake on my part. I It yeah. did not record my audio. Anyway, we get to talk about our first cult again. Yay. It was and, actually um, really good, so I'm glad we're doing it again.
0: This, um, It's technically our first cult. Some people don't actually see it as like a full-blown cult mm-hmm. because it was kept like in the family, and when I say kept in the family, I really mean kept in the family, and you will get that later. Ugh. Um, no matter what you kind of refer to it as, it is known as Fresno, California's worst mass killing in their history. This happened in 2004, and it is still the worst mass killing in Fresno history.
1: And you know what? I hadn't heard of it before until well just a couple of days ago, so... Well, usually
0: when we talk about cults, we're talking about, like, religious stuff and uh, police and weird family dynamics, a charismatic leader. We kind of have everything in this story. Wow. So, we have vampires, polygamy, Jesus, of course, <laughs> um, a pile of coffins, conveniently deaf police, <laughs> and... A big, fat content warning for everyone.
1: Oh, yes. Buckle up.
0: Yeah, this case is rough uh, start to finish. It is terrible. So due to the frequency of sensitive topics, I am giving one uh, trigger warning right now. And just know if you can't handle this stuff, this episode is probably not for you. So this episode includes incest, abuse against children, physical and sexual, and the murder of children. So, so you
1: definitely don't want children around when you are listening to this.
0: Yeah, no listening to this one in the car and the Starbucks drive through either. Yeah. yeah.
1: They might look at you funny. Yeah. In addition
0: to that, this case... So the event that happened in March of 2004 needs a lot of context to really understand because the event itself, the actual killing and what happened, it took place over the course of of about two hours. It really wasn't a big, it was not a big spectacle Um, The problem is that all the context leading up to this point is really important. And there's no linear way to tell the story because it is a clusterfuck in the most literal sense. Yep. So I've kind of broken the story up into sections. Okay. And... We're just going to tell it section by section, and by the time we get to March of 2004, we'll have a pretty decent
1: picture going into this massacre. I want to say very nice, but uh, it's probably not going to be very nice, is it? (laughs) Not at all. Okay, here we go. So we are talking
0: about a man named Marcus Wesson, and Mm -hmm. we're going to start with his background, his early life. He was born August twenty second, nineteen forty six. Okay, and he was born into a very religious home. He was born into a seven day Seventh Day Adventist home. Huh. If if people aren't aware of Seventh Day Adventists, they I'm not. Um, they're extremely religious. So this is what Marcus was brought up in. Okay. On top of, be- I mean, uh, a heavily religious upbringing is not always a bad thing. No. I was brought up heavily religious, not religious anymore, but uh-huh. that, was, that was my childhood. Yeah. It, it doesn't ruin all children.
1: No. Foundation. I think it ruined Marcus. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, Marcus's father was a violent alcoholic. Oh, no. And there were actually suspicions that Marcus's father sexually molested his children. Ugh. so I warned you it's right yeah. from the start it's bad okay so later on there is actually a trial for Marcus and on the witness stand during that trial Marcus's sister said that when their father was drinking he was much more inclined to hug and kiss them
1: uh, that gives me the x
0: yeah and you know it's it's nice when a father is affectionate with his children. This is not the cute affection you're thinking of. This is disgusting.
1: And not just because they had a couple of drinks and they're affectionate. Usually if a father or parent is affectionate, it's a it's a constant thing. Like it's an it's, all the time it's, thing. it's an all the time thing. But then when you add alcohol in there, that's like uh, that's an EO factor.
0: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Like- yeah. Okay. And actually, at the trial as well, Marcus's childhood friend testified that their father offered him $50 in exchange for oral sex.
1: Uh, Because that's normal. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: And so, no one, none of the family actually was like explicit that they were like, oh, my father did this to me. It was all illusion and beating around the bush. But the fact that Marcus's father, offered this to a child friend exactly doesn't, it it's not making me have any faith in them yeah
1: we'll and you know that. there's if he's doing that there's other stuff going on yes yeah
0: she he's got this wonderful gem of a father <laughs> and his mother was not much better she was physically abusive so you know they've got it uh, coming from multiple angles here geez. it's a healthy household She would conduct hours of Bible study at home, and she would whip the children with an electrical cord.
1: Oh, man. How does beating your child go in hand with being somebody that is doing Bible studies? You would think that wouldn't happen. Um, Do you know what I'm saying? Spoil the child. Oh, okay. There you
0: go. Yeah. Interesting enough, Marcus's favorite game as a child was to play preacher. I know this this doesn't really mean a lot, but I always find I always find like serial killer's childhood games fascinating because yeah. like I know Jeffrey Dahmer used to try and like um, fossilize animals when he was a kid. Yeah. And Ed Gein used to play electric chair. Um,
1: and gas chambers, so. But this guy, this, this guy's playing pre, I, how do you go about playing preacher? I think, I think it's
0: just, you know, if he was an older sibling, because I couldn't get much detail on his, his family growing yeah. up. If he was an older sibling, I could see him like preaching preaching to the younger, to the younger ones. Huh. Yeah.
1: And, you know, that doesn't seem at all like, you know like, foreshadowing of anything. I mean, playing preacher seems pretty innocent. Especially if you're growing up in a super yeah. religious
0: household, which was actually my first thought, too. Yeah. Um. I actually read a book as part of my research. It was called, it's a, it's a lengthy name, so. Ugh. It is called Marcus Wesson, The Horrific True Story Behind Fresno's Worst Mass Murderer. Ugh. And this book actually made a point that when marcus was playing preacher the author actually thought this was more about marcus being the center of attention and not the religion
1: oh that makes sense that and i thought
0: i thought that was interesting
1: yeah that is very interesting and and yeah and that kind of makes sense like or like being in your room and just singing i used to play that game did you play that game i would just like make up dances and sing and i would assume that so is. i'm about to embarrass myself real good <laughs> um,
0: i had a walkman when i was little yeah? and i used to um i did the the 90s kid thing and i recorded all the songs i liked on on a oh on a um, cassette on a cassette and then i would like sing along with them but
1: <laughs>
0: like <laughs> There's one very specific memory I have of me. I was like pooping, <laughs> I was listening oh to music God. and singing
1: along, and I thought I was singing quietly. Apparently, I was not. <laughs> well, the acoustics in a bathroom are amazing, so I'm They're sure you sounded awesome. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's <laughs> so i played
0: I played the embarrass yourself. <laughs>
1: Hey, I mean that, but that entertained you playing preacher. Entertained Marcus, so yep. I'm sure it's fun.
0: You know, interestingly enough, Marcus was actually not a good student. Oh, um, he he was able to walk in his graduation ceremony, but he didn't actually receive a diploma because he didn't have enough credits oh so I know we had a couple of these like yeah people walked during graduation but they had to take summer school so it's like they were short a few credits but not enough to do like a super senior
1: year yeah
0: so okay. I, I anticipate that's what was going on with him but then he just never actually finished school
1: yeah like you just get the empty like folder but you still walk and shake the principal's hand or whatever yeah and, yeah okay
0: Yeah, and you get to do it with your class, so it's still you're part of everything. Exactly. I don't know if that made a big difference to him because Mm. his
1: classmates actually
0: talk about how different and weird they thought he was. Oh, okay. So one of the things that made him weird was that he would wear dress pants and button-up shirts with a tie to school. Uh Uh-huh. So I was actually thinking... You know, Seventh-day Adventists are actually kind of, like, prim and proper like that. At least yeah I've encountered. Yeah. Um, I had friends growing up that were Seventh-day Adventists. Or wait, were they?
1: Do the women only wear, or the females only wear, like, skirts? And they
0: do. I think Seventh-day Adventists are more, like, pure, uh, I don't want to call them Puritans because that almost sounds like I'm talking down about them.
1: Yeah, but but, like, do you kind of get what I mean? I, I get they're... what you mean. Yeah, like, um, I think it's, I want to say, is it the religion, and I guess we should have researched this, is it the religion where the women wear the skirts and the, the buns in their hair, I think?
0: Right? I don't know about their hair, but I okay. do know that the women tend to wear long, like, wrist-length shirts, Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And they they tend to have very traditional
1: male-female roles. Yes. So. But, you know. It doesn't. Sorry. No, it's okay. When you say that Marcus, like, dressed like that for school, like, you know, bow tie or, you know, pants, whatever he did. Mm -hmm. I don't find that very odd. I find that, like, you stick out a lot. But I, I mean, I guess that would be odd. I don't know. I knew kids who did that at my school, but well, it was because they were odd, but (laughs) I don't, it was, they weren't like so odd that they ended up becoming a murderer. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just like their preferred dress, I guess. Like dress for success, right? Dress for the role you want. And apparently, Marcus wanted to be a murderer. Another really
0: interesting thing about Marcus is that his. Sister described him as having a natural gift for healing. Oh. Which I thought was really interesting. So his mom actually told a story that one day he was like walking home from school or whatever and found um, an injured dog that was basically dead. Uh Uh-huh. And with zero formal education on how to provide Health care to a canine, he basically brought this dog back to life. Oh
1: my goodness,
0: wow. which is impressive for anyone, seriously. Yeah, even people who are trained on this like the fact that you're able to heal an animal that is literally on death's doorstep is just ridiculous.
1: Well, yeah, and then usually when you hear about people who later on go on to kill other people, they're usually they're usually cruel to animals right so that's right. interesting yeah um,
0: so I mean so far Marcus sounds like he's a decent guy right like he's, yeah he's giving the gift of life to animals he's playing creature. sharp
1: yeah I see zero problem with this. I mean, with him, his family's a little bit of a Well, yeah, but But, I mean, he has the, it seems like as a young kid, he had the potential, like he was going on a path of good. Right. And we're going to
0: throw him right off that path (laughs) right now. Push him right off that path. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So at one point, Marcus's father actually left his family. He was a big fat deserter because... Um, a man who touches his children—you can expect no less. Apparently, well, I'm glad. I would left. actually encourage him. Yeah, to I, w- I would too. <laughs> um, well, he ran off with his male cousin, who he had been having an incestuous sexual affair with. What? And yeah, imagine growing up and telling people, "Dad left home for his cousin." That's gonna mess. That you is up crazy. Good. Yeah, the book I mentioned the long one that I'm not going to name again because that's further up. Oh my gosh! Oh, my internet connection is unstable. You hold stable, you piece of crap. Um, (laughs) In the book I mentioned before, it actually—I this is ridiculous. It says that Marcus's father was gone for a decade and then just randomly decided to come home and like he was like, "What's up?"
1: After that, he just randomly decides to come home.
0: Yeah, and so I would be really curious if like him and the cousin had a huge fight and broke up. Or oh,
1: well, first of all, as the wife, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, good, you're back." You that was just a phase. Thanks. Like what <laughs> a ten year phase. A ten year phase with your cousin, no less. Holy moly! Yeah.
0: Well basically she acted like nothing had happened. The whole family just kind of acted like nothing happened.
1: I mean I I like believe in like pushing like choosing battles but that would definitely be a battle that I would choose. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel <laughs> like hey now we I, yeah, exactly. I know we don't talk about much.
1: I know, but let's I talk, don't talk about, about your, your, your <laughs> sessions yeah. with the children, exactly. but we
0: we need to talk about this.
1: But I want to know what is your cousin have that I don't. Well, I guess
0: Oh, oh my I God. guess we know. <laughs> well, so the the book made the connection here that this is actually the first time this whole situation with his father leaving For a family member coming home and then his mom just like ignoring the situation. The book proposes that this is the first time Marcus got the the thought in his head that incest was fine and normal and that his father's behavior towards him and his siblings was fine and normal because, you know, his mom is not making a big deal out of it. No one's making a big deal out of it.
1: Yeah. Especially if he comes back and nobody says anything or does right. anything, so yeah, I could see how a child would be like, "Oh, I guess that's okay. Oh, this is
0: just normal." Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, this plants a
0: a little seed in Marcus's brain that will fester and putrefy and turn him into a shit bag later. Gross. When Marcus dropped out of high school after his uh, fake graduation, he actually joined the military.
1: Oh. Good for he him. He worked
0: as an orderly and an ambulance driver.
1: Okay. And
0: he was discharged three years later. Okay. Um, I get the feeling that this was a dishonorable discharge because uh-huh. later on in the story, there's no s- mention of benefits.
1: Oh, and you can't get those if you've been dishonorably discharged. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So that kind of concludes like his early life. And we will move on to our next section.
1: Awesome. There was
0: there was no logical name I could give this. So yeah. we're just gonna say this is the beginning of the fuckery.
1: <laughs> That's so, good.
0: After he was discharged, he actually started up a relationship with a married woman. Of course. Uh, her name was Rosemary. And she was about 15 years older than him. And oh. she had several children by the time that he started this relationship with her.
1: So, how old was he after he got out of the military? So,
0: he joined when he was 17. He discharged, so 20?
1: Oh, so she's like 35 with some kids already? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and married too. Jeez.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, I actually don't even know what was up with her and her husband. Yeah. Because she and Marcus end up living together, and they end up having a son together named Adair. Oh,
1: very nice. So name. I,
0: I have no idea where Rosemary's husband is. Honestly,
1: maybe Rosemary's husband pulled uh, Marcus's father and was on a ten-year hiatus with the cousin.
0: You know what? He. <laughs> I would prefer to think that he was not in the picture due to some of Marcus's behavior with his daughter. Oh gosh. Um, Marcus really liked spending time with Rosemary's eight-year-old daughter, Elizabeth. Oh, gosh. He, um, you know, I wouldn't question this as like, uh, hey, my boyfriend really likes my kids. I'm glad they're getting along. This was a little more than that. Um, Okay. Marcus told Elizabeth that she was special. And that God had specifically chosen her to be his
1: wife. So we're starting the grooming, basically. We are. Okay.
0: So much so that he and Elizabeth actually had this super unofficial at home, like, you know, when little kids, like kindergartners, will do like a backyard re- wedding yeah. with like flower crowns. And yeah, yeah, he and Elizabeth did that when she was eight years old.
1: I'm sorry. And Rosemary is. Okay with this? Yes. That's insane.
0: Rosemary actually is so okay with this that she agrees that Marcus and Elizabeth can get actually married when Elizabeth is old enough.
1: Okay, so there's obviously something wrong with Rosemary from the beginning if she is allowing this to happen to her little girl.
0: Absolutely agree. Disgusting. And... It's awful. Yeah. Marcus started the act. So he was just kind of grooming her in the beginning the mm-hmm. way most sexual predators do. Mm-hmm. The actual sexual assault started when she was 12 years old. And by the time she was 14, Marcus actually got her pregnant.
1: Oh, my goodness. So the legal age
0: that a girl could get married at that time was 15 years old.
1: In California? Was this in yeah. California?
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Holy um, cow. And that
0: was, that would have been in the 70s, I believe. or Sh- Late 60s, early yeah.
1: 70s. Well, yeah. And I guess it makes sense for that, for that time. But like, I think about when I was 15 years old and holy moly. I am. Right. That is insane. And think
0: about, you know, he was 12, he's 12 years older than her. Mm. So when she's 15, he's in his late 20s. That is disgusting. Yeah. Mm. Um. So they, they got married when she was 15 years old. And they gave birth, she gave birth to their first child four months later. Oh, wow. So if you think, like, this was kind of a weird family dynamic to begin with. It gets weirder. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth and Marcus lived on one level of their home. With Rosemary and her children living on a different level.
1: That is crazy town.
0: Weird. So weird. It's like weird. And I don't think this was a duplex either. I think this was like a a split level home. And you got one
1: family on the bottom and one on top. And it's weird. I wish I knew. It kind of makes sense why Rosemary's husband isn't around. But although thinking about Rosemary and what she allowed, maybe the husband had been weird like that too. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And we're talking about, you know, normalcy and growing up and what you see and what goes on around you seems normal to you if you don't know any better. So probably with Elizabeth too, she was like, oh, well, this is my husband now, and right because yeah. I mean, she was eight years old when this started. That is crazy. Well, and he's feeding her all these things like, God, God thinks you're special, and you know. Like,
0: yeah. And, you know, later when she thankfully is not one of the people who was killed, she actually was a witness at the trial and she was very open with, you know, he made me feel so special. Yeah. I always felt taken care of. I loved Mm. him. Like, it's horrible. It is horrible. It's brainwashing is what it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with this living situation, Marcus and Elizabeth eventually decided that they needed to get a place of their own. Okay. So Marcus approaches Rosemary, and he says that he needs her van so that they can move. Uh-huh. And, of course, I, I don't know why she decided to grow a spine then, but she was like, what? Excuse me? You cannot yeah. use my van. You can't take my van.
1: <laughs> so, recall... Well, I'm glad she puts her foot down with the van and not her daughter. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so, recall, Rosemary and Marcus
0: have a son together. mm So, Marcus says... I can take the van or I can take my son. Oh, my goodness. So Rosemary, uh, finally being a good mother, decides that she will take the van or she will take the their child. Marcus can have the van. Get out of my life.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I guess if she were to make one good decision in her time as a mother... That would getting be it, I guess, getting getting him out. But then at the risk of, I mean, I guess she's already lost that daughter, right, to him. What choice did she have?
0: Right. And I don't know how many other children she, I know she had other children. Yeah. I don't know how many their ages, their gender. I just don't
1: know. Well, the son dodged, the son that she kept dodged a the bullet there.
0: Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. And you will see he dodged an even bigger bullet as we go on. Oh, my goodness. So at the beginning of their marriage, Marcus actually worked in a bank, which I think is impressive for a high school dropout. Yeah. Well, he very quickly lost his job. Well, of course. And, you know, as one does, he he started receiving unemployment. When the unemployment ran out, he started receiving government assistance. Okay. And he never got a job again.
1: Well, of course, because Marcus has already worked. So, I think that how many months at the at the bank I think probably was enough for him.
0: Yeah. So, he actually believed that the head of household did not work. They did not lift a finger. Their wife and family was meant to serve the head of household and He wasn't supposed to put any effort in ever anymore.
1: Oh, wow. That would not fly in a lot of households.
0: (laughs) No, as it should not.
1: Uh, No, never. So on top of him not working,
0: uh, he and Elizabeth, by the time Elizabeth was 26 years old, so now they've been married for 12 years. Wow. Elizabeth and Marcus had 10 children together in
1: that time. Oh, my good, Wait. I'm not good with math, but she, they've been married 12 years, and she mm-hmm. has 10. Chi- gosh, she was pregnant the whole time. Um,
0: throw in an 11th child that actually passed away in infancy of meningitis. So that is 11 pregnancies.
1: Oh, my gosh. She was pregnant back to back to back to back to back. Holy cow.
0: For 12 years. It's crazy. Oh, that's insane. So, I mean, this
1: this household's getting pretty big. Yeah. And he's not working. He is not working. And they have 10 children. Oh,
0: oh, wait. They're about to get more. Oh, no. Marcus actually took in some of Elizabeth's nieces and nephews. What? Because her sister was battling drug addiction at the time and her sister had seven children. So these poor children, they were victims of neglect, abuse, molestation, not just by their mother, but by the mother's drug associates. Oh,
1: my goodness. So,
0: this I mean, the saddest part here is these kids were so excited to go live with Marcus and Elizabeth because they thought they were going to be getting a better life there.
1: They just went from one horrible situation to another
0: to argue uh, this is massive it it tells you how bad the story is going to get they went from an awful horrible situation to one that's even worse
1: oh my goodness those poor kids okay so in doing the math and again you know I'm so great at it that's 17 children now that they're taking care of
0: yes yes
1: and Marcus, and Marcus doesn't work. Still doesn't work. Ugh, this is a guy is a piece of work.
0: We can go and we can move on. We can talk about their living situation mm-hmm. because now's a good time. That's 19 people in one well, household. Yeah. That's a lot to manage. Uh, yeah. So this is quite a large family, and Marcus wasn't working. Yeah. So as you can imagine, they moved quite a bit. And you know, this is my personal opinion because yeah. no I just wanna say that disclaimer. Yeah. No source actually said this. Uh-huh. But I think that them moving was it I mean, them having limited income was obviously part of it. Yeah. But I think that Marcus probably moved them more often than they needed to move. Okay. As a method of isolating and controlling the family.
1: Mm. That's that makes sense. I wouldn't have. I would have never have thought that, but that completely makes sense.
0: With his um, abusive behavior, and he, it gets worse, and it'll it'll make even more sense as we go. Okay. So some of their living situations. um, Marcus actually owned several boats over the years. I don't know why he weird. Most of them didn't work, so they were actually like not even. Boats you, that you could take on the water.
1: You have 19 kids. What do you need a boat for? Right? Yeah. Why do you need a boat? I mean, ma- that is so weird and random.
0: At one point, one of these boats was actually sighted by the city. And due to the nature of some of my work, I actually deal with people receiving government assistance. Uh huh. And most people don't realize that the way it works is that... It's based on your current assets okay, and how much money you have in the bank and how much money you have in coming in and the size of your family. There's a lot of things that go into calculating just how much assistance you get. Yeah. And so when we're talking about assets, Marcus owns this boat that a city official saw and said, hey, you did not claim that as an asset when you filled out your paperwork. Uh And so they actually took him to court for welfare fraud. Oh my goodness. Because he didn't claim this boat as an asset, he had actually received about $25,000 more than he should have. And that's probably
1: over time. Yeah, right. uh,
0: Over whatever
1: course of time. But that's that's quite a bit. Bit of money. Yeah.
0: So now he gets to go to court for this boat that doesn't even float.
1: Not the fact that he has 19 children and a boat, but just because he didn't claim the boat. Jeez.
0: Right. It's, it's the fraud related to the boat. It might, it sounds frivolous when you're saying like, oh, you didn't claim a boat, but it's the fraud. Exactly. That that there is the reason he's worried about. Yeah. So Marcus gets this bright idea way too slow because he doesn't work. So he doesn't really use his brain anymore. Um, (laughs) And his idea was to claim that the boat was his primary residence. Because if it's his primary residence, you actually don't have to claim it.
1: Oh.
0: He did not say this soon enough. And so when he tried to claim that, they were like, um... No.
1: Get out of here with that excuse. Yeah. Uh So when
0: this didn't work, he wrote a letter to the presiding judge. Okay. And... I would not call this a letter. I would call it a novella because <laughs> it was eighty pages
1: long. Oh my goodness. Eighty pages long? And it wasn't even about the boat. Oh, Marcus.
0: It was just random ramblings for eighty pages. And can you imagine? No.
1: No. I don't it's did just, you did you see it? Did the book like no. have any excerpts it from didn't. it oh man i kind of i, I was reading it as an
0: ebook, so yeah. i don't know if the paper copy had some but yeah
1: 80 pages 80 pa- well he has a lot of time on his hands you know not he's working. got nothing but time yeah 80 <laughs> so pages. ultimately
0: i don't actually know what happened from this lawsuit yeah because like that i mean honestly if i was the judge and i'd got i got that i'd be like you guys just yeah, A, adjust his like what he gets going forward <laughs> let's ignore this uh, And we all just move on I yeah, don't have time for this
1: seriously no one's gonna read those 80 pages Marcus sorry
0: yeah and you know he did it on purpose
1: oh I'm sure he did yeah
0: cause I don't think that he was dumb
1: like he doesn't I mean if this guy can have 19 children and several boats and not work at all. He, th- this guy has a her- certain, I don't know, something that lets him get yeah, away with all of this. Yeah, he's got some level of... He has to. Yeah. Yeah. That was one boat. The other boat
0: that's worth noting is um, at one point they actually lived on a rusted out tugboat.
1: Oh, that sounds fun. In the middle of some water. That sounds... Awful. Safe. It sounds real safe. All of them lived on there.
0: All of them.
1: Oh, So gosh.
0: Marcus would actually force the children to stay below deck
1: because oh, he no. didn't want
0: anyone seeing
1: them. Who's going to see them out there on a tugboat in the middle of the water? I don't even know what
0: water, so they must not have been super far offshore. But, you know, he's paranoid because the city saw his one boat. That's true. He doesn't want anyone asking why the children are not in school.
1: And this is another way to control. I mean, you can control about 20 people if they're stuck out in the middle in a boat. Yep. So one source. And I only say
0: this because it it made me like. It made me think. But one source said that Marcus would actually force the kids um, to, like, fend for themselves for months at a time. Aww. And I don't know if this was, like, he ditched them on this boat in the middle of a lake or something and then would just go back after months. Or, that would be horrible. Or, like, I don't know if the... The article I read meant that they had to stay below deck for months at a time. I'm not... Or if this article just didn't know what they were talking about. But
1: it's... That's awful. It was odd. That is odd. Can you imagine those kids? And I can't imagine a tugboat is that big. Ugh. No. And,
0: you know, um, when you're living on water, you got to bring provisions back and forth. Right? Yeah. So, if Marcus ever had to go to shore... Marcus doesn't do a damn thing. He doesn't work, so the women would row his raft to shore for him.
1: Oh my gosh! Oh man, Marcus is peach. Yeah, that's one raft I'm not rowing. That's for sure. But see, that goes that goes to show you too. Like though, when I, you know, because I can sit here and judge all I want and say I wouldn't have done that and I wouldn't have done this, and but like they probably thought this is just this how is it normal. Is. This is normal and in their
0: mind they're like oh this is my father he's exactly. the head of the household we're yep. supposed to do what he asks yeah. of us yeah. yeah yeah so then also at one point they were living in a school bus just traveling up and down the california coastline for a little bit wow. which does not sound comfortable to me
1: no or fun
0: and if um if you're kind of sensing a theme here it's pretty normal for their living situations to not have water or electricity.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So the, the last place they lived for a, quite a long stretch was actually an army tent in the woods. What? Like
1: like um, thinking like a pop-up canopy with walls, essentially, like one like big s- room. So not like a tent like I'm envisioning right now in my head. Not like, like a camping tent. Okay. But like a... Like, oh, like when you get married and it's outdoors and you need a... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like actually that. really good. Okay. Like a canopy with okay. walls. Yeah. And no one noticed that anywhere? No one like saw they that? They were like out in the middle of the woods. Holy... This guy. And just...
0: The the book mentioned this and I thought it was funny
1: apparently Marcus had carpet in the tent well because if you're gonna live out in the middle of the woods with a tent over you you might as well have nice carpet what the heck holy moly
0: so they lived in this tent for 12 years I wonder if they took off
1: their shoes before they did they (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys... I like that that's your concern here.
0: Because, you know, you take your shoes (laughs) off before you go in the house. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Like, I mean... I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of their situation. That's, that's how you differentiate but, the inside from the outside. Yes. You know,
0: with Marcus as crazy as he is, he was probably like, yeah. why are you wearing your yeah. shoes in the house? And everyone's like, dad, there's dirt. Yeah, so he was exactly. like, Fuck it, I'm yeah. putting carpet down. Why are you? And like, that's the line of delineation that shows that you're in the house and your shoes better be off your
1: feet. Well, and you, it's not if like they you could, even had shoes. That's what I'm saying. And it's not like you can vacuum it because there's no electric out there. Well, so no, you
0: get everybody to grab one side, and then you just whip it a few times. You oh, no there, <laughs> there, you go.
1: <laughs> Problem solved.
0: I would not want to live in this. No. Years.
1: Well, I mean, okay, if years. you had a choice between the tugboat, the bus, or the tent with oh, carpet,
0: that is like the worst game of Would You Rather.
1: That's like Mary Kill or Shag uh, Shooter Mary. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I want think- to. I want to
0: hear. <laughs> so, listeners, um, on our Instagram post when we put it up, I want to know if you guys would rather live in the army tent, the school bus, or the tugboat.
1: I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the tugboat because only because, at least there's water there where I can cleanse my myself. Oh, that's at is least a good there's point.
0: I think I would have to go with the army tent because uh-huh. to be completely honest, I would feel like terrified of the tugboat finally breaking one day and we all die in our sleep. Um, yeah, but then that
1: would take us out of our misery.
0: Oh, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Tough I don't Tough know. call. All of it's bad. <laughs> all of it's very bad. And I feel bad for those kids that had to live that life. Yeah. But, but again, they probably thought it was perfectly You know that they did normal. because
0: no one left. None of them ran away. None of them tried to find another life.
1: Um, Exactly.
0: Granted, some of that was fear and we'll get into that later. Yeah. Okay. This, this tent they lived in, like I said, for 12 years until the Marcus actually bought an abandoned office building that was located at 761 West Hammond Avenue. And that abandoned office building became their home. That's actually where the massacre occurs at the end of our story.
1: Well, as sad as that is, that must have been a huge upgrade for the entire family. Yes. Yes. Nice. All right. So we're going to
0: move on and we're going to talk about the household religion because we know that religion is a really big deal for Marcus. Yes. So he actually started twisting the Bible to make it fit his own teachings. And at one point he actually decided that, Twisting and interpreting the Bible wasn't good enough anymore, and he started writing his own.
1: Of course, he did.
0: And he would hold Bible study in the home three times a day, which,
1: oh oh my goodness, first
0: of all, sounds a little excessive. But then add on top of that, that each of these sessions would last for hours.
1: Well, he had nothing else to do. I mean, this guy isn't working. Oh, this is why he played preacher as a little boy. He was practicing for this big time right here. This is like childhood dream for him coming true, playing preacher all day long. Yeah. That is insane. So he preached kind of um, similar to what we would expect
0: from most most cult leaders. He preached that the end was near. And Uh he preached that they needed to watch out for the devil. And this, this is pretty par for the course. And he yeah. actually told them what the devil would look like. Oh. He said the devil would be a man dressed in a blue uniform with a
1: badge. Um so a cop or an officer basically. It's
0: that's what it sounds like.
1: That is so weird.
0: So Marcus's delusions got worse. I think worse is the only real way to put this. He would alternatively refer to himself as either Jesus or God. So depending on the day, depending on his mood, he was Jesus or he was God, which again seems pretty par for the course for cults. Um, Well,
1: yeah, they like to, the, the leaders of those cults like to make themselves into, you know, a God like person, but really quick back to the whole devil um, thing that obviously was another way to control, right? Because oh, these yeah. poor kids, you teach your kids, you know, um, police officers are there to help you if you ever need help or if you, you know, need right. whatever, tell a police officer. So he, I. it's almost like he's... Uh, He's building it up so that, let's say, even if one of them left, they wouldn't go to the police. Right, or because they're, not. they're so
0: brainwashed into thinking yeah. that these people are, like, minions of the devil. Yeah. Oh, no. We can already kind of see that he's, like, he's... Deluded is not even enough. Like, it's no. a massive understatement. He is in his own world creating his own fantasy with his family. Mm-hmm. So, part of this fantasy is that he believed that Jesus was a vampire.
1: Of course he did.
0: And by extension, he and his family were vampires. Because, you know, he's Jesus and these are all his children. So oh, uh, yeah. the seed of me so, is me.
1: Yeah. So they're vampires. Did they Did they do like vampire stuff? Like drink blood and stuff?
0: Uh, So Marcus believed that the key to immortality, like the whole reason that Jesus and God are immortal beings is because they drink blood and that, that meant that he had to drink blood too that was all I saw about it
1: oh so they never really said whether he actually did that or not
0: it would not surprise me if he did yeah yeah but we haven't gotten to the truly awful part of this story yet and you'll see why the whole vampirism thing is really just a drop in the bucket
1: It's sad that we haven't reached the truly awful part because all of this sounds truly awful.
0: It gets worse. Oh, gosh. So he actually, like I said, he believed that him and his family were vampires. The only difference was that his family had souls. And that real vampires didn't have souls. And that's why, like, quote unquote, real vampires couldn't go in the sun. What this makes me think, and I know I haven't given, like, a description of Marcus. So, right now, giving a description of Marcus. Marcus and his family are actually all black. Okay. So, pairing this with the whole vampire thing, the fact that they're darker skinned means that they don't burn. They don't really get... Oh. I mean, you can get a sunburn. It's just harder. Yeah. Yeah. So, if in his mind, the fact that uh, pale people... Get sunburns and so vampires can't go in the sun because it'll burn them. If he believes his family is vampires, them not burning in the sun just kind of reinforces this thought in his head.
1: Totally. And probably the thoughts in the his children too. Right. Because he's creating these
0: arguments that his kids can draw conclusions to. Yeah. That is like This sign that, you know, I go out in the sun and I don't burn. Yeah. So dad must be right. God, because, you know, he's God. God must be right. Yeah. And just really quick disclaimer, because I don't want anyone getting mad. I refer to him and his family as black because I have heard so many times people saying they don't like being called African-American.
1: I've heard that, too.
0: Because they're. They're not African descendants, and it kind of yeah. throws out all the other races mm-hmm. that end up being black. So I'm yeah. because I don't know his lineage, I'm just gonna call him black. Okay, February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three, was kind of a big day for Marcus and his family, and kind of actually all of America. Um, does that date ring a bell with you?
1: Um, kind of. I. What, so you said ninety three, right? Yes, February ninety three. It does. I was thirteen. Yeah, it rings a bell.
0: Okay. It does it ring a bell because of uh, David Koresh?
1: Oh, Koresh. Then the Waco standoff. Yes. Correct. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. That was all over the news at that time.
0: Now, thinking of David Koresh, the Branch Davidians, this whole standoff. Can you see why this whole thing would appeal to Marcus?
1: Totally, 100%, especially when that was all people were talking about.
0: Marcus was obsessed with this. He oh, made wow. his children watch the coverage 24-7 because news outlets were showing coverage 24-7.
1: Oh, yeah, they were. It was, like I said, it was on all the time. Mm-hmm. And Marcus,
0: all Marcus saw was David Koresh, who was exercising his right to freedom of religion and raising his family as he saw fit and Marcus saw the government trying to come in and take that from them, and he identified hard with this.
1: And then all the police officers that were constantly surrounding them, like as the devils or the oh, I didn't even think of that. Yes, yet. so that probably reinforced that not only for him but for the kids. And too. he probably
0: used that as a preaching moment to be like, "Look, yes. look what look I told what they're you about doing. the devil and his." Oh, oh i didn't even think yeah,
1: of that. yeah especially like
0: with the dea he probably pointed out exactly. the different colored uniforms wow
1: or that some of them are in disguise too that they're still the devil even yeah. if they don't wear it. yeah oh my goodness and those kids are probably just like soaking that all in right because they're they've been told
0: their whole lives that this is what they need to prepare for and look at this on the TV in front of us, this is another family who's just trying to do what we're doing and the devil is coming for them.
1: Oh man.
0: Marcus used this as a preaching moment for his family and he was telling them, you know, we need to be training hard like soldiers for when the devil comes for us. And Marcus actually put together a plan for his family at this point. That oh, if wow. the government and therefore the minions of the devil ever came mm. after them, their family was to follow a murder-suicide pact.
1: Oh gosh,
0: which is awful.
1: That is horrible.
0: I don't want to get super far into uh, the Branch Davidians because I actually do want to cover it on a future episode. Yeah, I would love it's such to an cover interesting it, yeah. case. But mm-hmm. if anyone wants to hear some fantastic coverage of this, listen to the last podcast on the left episode. Oh,
1: they do an excellent job. With yes. That. Very, yes. very good. Yeah.
0: So in addition to Marcus thinking that David Crush had the right idea as far as the religion went, mm-hmm. he actually thought he had the right idea as far as children went. So, because Marcus, at this point, he's thinking The more children that you have to present to God in the second coming, the better your eternal reward. So like. But, but he, in
1: his mind, he is God.
0: You know, you think he would have thought that through?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Marcus needs to read his own Bible, his own book, the book of Marcus. It's almost like this is awful, but
0: he's essentially turning the lives of his children into currency Oh, because if all your children are is something to trade for an internal reward, that's all they are is literally just like currency to pay Mm -hmm. in order to get the best spot in heaven.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: So apparently Marcus thought 17 children was not enough and he needed to start having more.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: All right. So at this point, looking at the time in the episode so far. We have not even gotten to the worst part of setting up the story, and we haven't begun to touch the actual massacre, so I think we may actually want to stop for today Okay. and make this a surprise two-parter.
1: You're going to make me wait and listen to the next part? Oh my goodness, okay?
0: (laughs) Don't spoil it for yourself and go look up what happens, because... Nobody likes someone who <laughs> spoils things. In the meantime, you can check out our Facebook page, our Instagram. Instagram. Take a look at our website. We are Alternative Interest Podcast everywhere. That's how you can find us. Uh, we will make sure and we will post some photos relating to this first half of the story. Um, I will post a photo of Marcus because, yeah, honestly, he's pretty terrifying to look at. Yeah. Yes. If you ever thought of someone who pictured themselves as a vampire Jesus, um, you know you probably didn't picture this guy. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, come back next week, listen to part two and thanks for listening. Yeah, thank Until you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.